have a sound system. We do have our voices that Hashem gave us and He blessed us with. And so we're going to need the help, Dafka, from the Chabra that are the ends to really be with us and not to lose it. Just for a little bit to stick with us, to be with us. Believe of a nefesh. To catch the Nagunam in the beginning so that we can spread it throughout the whole entire room. It's a busha for me to open my mouth in front of these tzaddikim, these mashpim that you have. This is the task that I was given. Hopefully you'll be hearing a lot more from them than you will from me. But the real goal is that we should hear from ourselves. That's the real goal in all of this. The real goal is that we should close our eyes, our external physical eyes after we eat, of course. That's the most important thing, as anybody who comes to my bad knows. And then to open up the inside eyes to allow these lights of this auspicious time, Yad Kislev, few days before Hanukkah, to make a vessel, to make a kli, so that all the iris, all of these lights, all of these spiritual illuminations that are going to be opening all of these gates in heaven, that Sunday night of Hashem when we stand, having prepared, having this menorah set up, and to make this bracha, that's been made for 2,000 years exile. Through inquisitions, and through pogroms, and through a holocaust. It's a pella that we're even able to light the menorah in the first place. Our hands should be shaking so much it would be difficult to light it. If we were really plugged into what's happening here. All those iris are being opened in that time, in that moment. But we need a vessel. We need a vessel. Nobody would think of having a drink of water if you didn't have a cup. You could have all the bottles of water in the world. Okay, you could drink from the bottle also. But if you couldn't, you have to have a cup. There are many people who have cups and they don't have any water. That's also a problem. But the goal is the balance, to have water and to have a cup, to have lights and to have vessels. And so, Mirza Hashem, with the help of Hashem, Siyata Deshmaya, the master of the world who's present with us in the room, who loves each and every one of us, who's giving us life every second, that we should be able to make this vessel together with openness and with humility and with sweetness and with sincerity, if only for a very short period of time. You're allowed to escape the Yitzhahara for like 10 minutes. It's also okay. You can make such a deal. You could, t- you could look up and say, Hashem, ask the world, I don't know if tomorrow will be a good day. I don't know if today will be a good day, but for 10 minutes, give me 10 minutes to be real. So please join us.
I just want to stop you for a second and to tell you guys that you are unbelievable. I'm telling you, I go to a lot of yeshivas. I tell everybody all the time, the Mevaseret guys are top notch, top tier, really. You're really, really special. And your singing is so much with energy and with neshama, and it means so much to me. So thank you for being here and thank you for joining with us. Let's do it again. Oh, yeah. Hey, I lie, 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 lie
in, we're moving it up. Hi, hey, get I think that Rav Berg has English lyrics to this song. Is that not true? No, no, no. That's not true? The boys know, the boys know. Johnny, Johnny and Lamar. Uh, the guys who weren't here last year don't know the Yeah, they should teach it. I'm not a mom in that. Okay, at least you can say the words. I'll go find them can say the words. What's the words? What's the words? Hey, Johnny, 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 what are you doing? Whoever knows the words and the meaning, one guy, say it loud. Don't be worried. Who, who knows it? There's no meaning. There's certainly a meaning. At least the words, but say them loud. I mean, we need a rep, Josh. What are the words? Hey, Johnny, 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 Johnny what are you doing in the market? You don't buy, you don't sell, all you do is make trouble. So let, let me see if I got it. Hey, Johnny, 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 three times Johnny. What are you doing in the market? You don't buy, you don't sell, all you do is make trouble. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny,
1798. The Alter Rebbe was imprisoned in Petersburg. And Alter Rebbe understood that there was something going on in Shamayim, that there was a big kitchen in Shamayim against the Torah that the Alter Rebbe was spreading. Alter Rebbe, of course, was the prime disciple. The Maggid of Mizrich was among the prime disciples of the Helig of Al Shem Tov. There was a big machlaikas among the Hasidim whether or not the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov should be spread. Now the Rebbe chose to align himself with those and to lead those who said that the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov needed to be spread to all four corners of the world. This was a very controversial move. And when the Alter Rebbe was imprisoned, he understood that the imprisonment wasn't, wasn't Stam, it wasn't just a movement in Tsarist Russia, another movement against Yidin. The Alter Rebbe understood that if he was going to make it out of that jail, which people did not make it out of, it would be a simon that he was right, and that there should be a hafatza of the Baal Shem Tov's Torah to the entire world. In jail, the interrogators were asking the Alter Rebbe <coughs> questions about Hasidus. For 53 days in jail, the Alter Rebbe sat and learned and taught Hasidus to his own jailers. Because the accusation was that the teachings of Hasidus were meant to overthrow the Tsar. And in a miraculous fashion, after 53 days, the Alter Rebbe was released from jail. And after that, the Torah of the Alter Rebbe took on a totally new form. 53 chapters in Tanya are connected to 53 days that the Alter Rebbe sat in jail. And Tanya was such a drastically different safer than the Svarim that the Alter Rebbe had written before he went to jail. The language of Tanya, for those that have learned it, for those that are privileged to open that beautiful safer, it's so simple, it's so much for the common man, even the name, Sefer Shel Beinonim, which was the name that the Alter Rebbe gave to Tanya. We call it Tanya because it's based on the first bright, on that first Brisa that he quotes from Nidah. But the Alter Rebbe called it Sefer Shel Beinonim. It's the Sefer for every man. It's the Sefer for every one of us. It's a very big misconception that exists in the world today. When I grew up, so personally I'll just share with you, I grew up in a very conflicted environment. On the one hand, our family was part of a yeshiva that you could argue is one of the biggest misnagdashi yeshivas in all of America. Today you don't really find yeshivas that are mitnaged, yeshivas that are against chassidus. You find places that are more into it and less into it. This is a yeshiva that's mamish mitnaged. And at the same time, I was growing up in a family that had so much personal value for chassidus in general and for chabad bifrat. As many of you know the story, my mother, when she became from, it was partially through Chabad. 
some beautiful mice in between my mother and the Lubavitcher Rebbe, not for now. So I grew up in a very conflicted environment. And when I was in this Misnagdashi Yeshiva, so they taught me that Hasidus was basically for Jews who couldn't learn, who knew nothing, and this was just a way of making Jews feel good about themselves. They were the ivory tower yeshiva light, guys that were sitting and learning, those that had their head in Rashi and Taisus and Ashveri Rambam and a difficult Rashba. And then there were people at the time that they couldn't, they couldn't learn, they never went to yeshiva, they didn't have that in their lives. And so we had to make them feel good. And so we told them that you can sing and you can dance and you could also serve Hashem. Which is, of course, a crazy thing. It's bichlal, nothing to do with chasidus. And so we have to today to teach people what chasidus said to those people that were disenfranchised. The truth of the matter is that in those times, in the times of the Baal Shem Aleinu, there were many Jews that were disenfranchised. There were many Jews that were, that were not zaycha to learn in yeshivas like we are today. The notion of Kailim having 8,000 chevra in the mirror and 10,000 chevra in Lakewood and thousands and thousands of Bachram coming from America every year to learn here in Eretz Yisrael. Ein Kazadavar didn't exist in Europe. And there were many Jews who were totally disenfranchised, who felt very removed from the world of yeshivas. And the Baal Shem Tov did reach those people. But he didn't reach them by saying that you can sing and you can dance and you don't need to learn Torah to say something like that. The Baal Shem Tov reached them by teaching a Torah that was relevant to our generation, a Torah that was relevant to those people that felt pushed away. And so tonight I want to share with you very briefly a Torah from the Tzemach Tzedek. It's an incredible Torah. Tzemach Tzedek asks, I'll say it in my way, what's with the name Yosef HaTzedek? Yosef. Yosef was named because Rachel had a tefillah, Rachel Yemenu had a beautiful tefillah, Yosef li ben Acher, that I should be blessed with another son. Now there's a lot of bad names in the Torah. There's a lot of bad names in the Torah. Moab is a bad name. Moab is a bad name. It's a name that comes because the child is Me'av. It's the child of my father. It's a bad name. Imagine growing up knowing that your name means you're the product of incest. It's a bad name. But Yosef is not a great name either. Yosef li ben Acher. It's like every time your mother calls your name, the feeling that you have is, I'm not enough. My mother wants another one. I wasn't good enough. She wanted more. And of course... Rachel wasn't davening stam to have more children. She was davening because she wanted to have a greater chalik in the shvatim. But still, for us, Yosef is a strange name. Yosef li ben Acher. I need another son. I need another son. This one's not good enough. Not only that, but if you look in Chazal, what's this reference of ben Acher? So Chazal say, Medrash says that Acher is a reference to the descendant of Yosef HaTzadik, Yeravim ben Nevat. Yeravim ben Nevat, of course was a great idolater, did many Averis, and stopped Klal Yisrael from going to the base of Mikdash, and he put idols up in Eretz Yisrael. So Acher, who's the son that's different? 
the son that's different is Yeravim ben Nevat, the descendant of Yosef HaTzadik. So it's even worse. Every time Rachel Imenu would call out to her son Yosef HaTzadik, it would be a reference to Yeravim ben Nevat, that son that's so removed from Yiddishkeit. What type of name is Yosef? In this week's parasha we find that Yosef finds himself in the house of Eshes Potiphar. And everybody knows, Vayimain. He held himself back from going all the way into that Avera. If you look in the Gemara in Saito, the Gemara makes it very clear that he was Roshe Verubo into that Avera. But he was able to stop himself from going the entire way. Why? Because he saw, as everybody knows, the Mustayakna Shalavav, he saw the image of Yaakov Avinu in the window. And the image of Yaakov Avinu spoke to him and said to him, don't do this. Don't lose out on your chilek. And Yosef HaTzadik was able to run naked into the streets of Mitzrayim, understanding full well what the consequences would be, understanding that Eishas Paitifar would accuse him of terrible averus and that he would be thrown in jail. And somehow he got that kayach. <coughs> the truck on the word Vayimain is a shalshelis. Shalshelis means a chain. In that moment that Yosef HaTzadik was so deep into that Avera, was so disenfranchised, was so removed from his father, in that moment, his father reached out to him and said to him, Vayimain, hold on. Don't do this Avera. You're part of a Shalshelis. That's why the word that the Torah uses to describe the fact that Yaakov Avinu refused to be consoled, even though, the, even though he saw the Ksenas Pasim and he saw the blood on it, and they told him that it must be that something terrible happened to Yosef HaTzadik, Vayimain, he refused to be consoled. The fact that Yaakov Avinu never gave up on Yosef is exactly what gave Yosef HaTzadik the capacity to withstand that Avera. That in that moment when he felt like Ben Acher, when he felt so removed, exactly in that moment, Yaakov Avinu reaches out to him and says to him, you're part of our Shashalas, you're part of our chain. Says the Tzemach Tzedek, the Tefillah of Rachel Imenu, was no matter how Acher he is, even if a Yeravam ben Nevat will come from Yosef HaTzadik, even if he's so different, I want him to always know that he's my son. I want him to know that it doesn't matter how many Averis he's done, no matter how deep into Mitzrayim he is, I want him to know that he's always my son. So many of us can relate to this Dvar Torah in such a deep way. The Averis that we've done, Bachar shared with me, not one, many times, but recently a Bachar shared with me, so I don't know how to wake up for davening in the morning after what I did the night before. Looking at what I did, looking at what I saw, I can't wake up for davening. You understand? How can I approach the Rabbani Shalom like that? Yosef li ben Acher. Afal It doesn't matter how many Averas we've done. It doesn't matter how, how far we feel from the Rabbani Shalom. We're still the Rabbani Shalom's precious child. The Torah of the Baal Shem Tov was not a Torah that you can sing and you can dance and that you don't need to learn Torah. It's just the opposite. The Torah of the Baal Shem Tov was that every one of us, those that have learned in Yeshiva and those that haven't learned in Yeshiva, they have their own unique connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
that you could find yourself in the funniest places in the world doing the silliest things that mamish make no sense, that the only, the only reason that you were able to even get into that place is because a rachstos came into your head. In that moment, you also have a place to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're still a Ben. And in that way, the Baal Shem Tov brought people back to Torah. Because any Jew can sit down at a Fabrengen and come together and sit with their brothers and to sing and to cry and to look inside and to quest for a greater authenticity, to look inside of yourself and to say to yourself, okay, who am I? Wherever I've been, who am I going to be moving on? Do I still feel connected? Because for those of us that have felt in our lives that it's not shaykh to return, Yosef li ben I share with you, as many of you know, one of my closest friends in the world is not an observant Jew. And some Jews, they're not observant. So they do, you know, they do a couple of averas. This is a Jew who's like not observant in the most significant sense of non-observance. Very recently he said to me for the first time, after years and years and years of being away from Yiddishkeit, living wherever he's living, with whoever he's living with, doing all the things that he's doing. And we've maintained our friendship for all these years. Finally, 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 he said, you know, if I would come back, it wouldn't even be so hard for me. So I asked him, why is that? Why do you think it wouldn't be so hard for you? So he said, in the years that I've spent away from Judaism, I don't think I've hurt anyone. I don't think I've hurt anyone. I didn't do the Rabbani Shalom's mitzvahs, but I'm not a bad person. It wouldn't be so hard for me to come back. A Jew, no matter how far he's gone, he has a hergish. He doesn't believe a kihuzan yiddishkeit. He doesn't believe there's an abishter. He doesn't believe there's a Torah. He doesn't believe there's mitzvahs. None of it. And yet somehow he says, but you should know, if I would come back, it wouldn't be so hard. Where does a person get such a ruach from? Where does a person get such a, such a wind in his life that he should say such a thing after so many years of being gone? It's because Afal Pishachata Yisrael, Yosef li ben Acher. It doesn't matter how far we're gone. That's the Torah of our generation. You know, you think to yourself, especially now, Rav Yaakov said, and he said it so beautifully, it's, it's a hachana for Hanukkah as much as it's Yat Kislev. You think to yourself, like, okay, evaluating your time here in Eretz Yisrael so far, and you look at your days, and you look at your weeks, and it's flying by, and you could say to yourself, like, okay, I had an Elul, I had a Sukkis, I had a Cheshvan, in the middle of Kislev. A person could say to themselves, like, if I haven't done it now, so, like, I'm clearly never going to do it. A person could throw in the towel. A person could look at their years in high school and say to themselves, did I really maximize? Did I, take it? Did I take advantage of every opportunity that I had in high school? Probably not. Did I spend the time? I see some of my Rebbeim's children that are like holding in Shas Balpeh by the time they're 10 years old. These kids learning in Yerushalayim that are like spouting Torah. And, and, and guys come back to Yeshiva and there's a certain Chalisha Sadas of like, I look at those kids and think to myself like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And there's a certain, a certain Yish, Chas Vashon, that a person could experience. As you're looking at the year and asking yourself in the darkness of Kislev, is it Shaykh? Is it Shaykh for me? But that's why we light candles below Tent Vachim. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present 
even, not just even, especially in the lowest moments of our life, especially in the lowest moments of our life, to know that we're part of that Shashalas. And that was the tire of the Baal Shem Tov. To see every Jew, to see every person with an eye and toiv, to be able to see the beauty of every single Jew. To be, to be a shliach walking in the streets of God knows where, and to be, able to, see, to be able to see a Jew, I don't know how they do that. I do not know how these Lubavitcher shluchim have that radar, to be able to sense amongst the thousands of goyim that they're walking by, to be able to know, and they get it right nine out of ten times. Are you a Jew? Did you put on tefillin today? I'm not offended when they ask me, I'm very proud. Is, are you a Jew? Did you put on tefillin today? How do they know? And why does that Jew, why does that Jew answer yes? Why are there come out 6,000 shluchim today? Spanning the entire globe, looking for that one Jew who's so far removed. Teretz is because the Baal Shem Tov, the Magid, the Rebbe, they taught us that doesn't matter where in the world you are, you're our child, you're our brother, you're our sister. Halavai, we should look at each other like that. Halavai, we should look at ourselves like that. Halavai, we should have the strength when we're seeing a brother here in yeshiva that's struggling to be able to look at them, not with a tsarist eye and say to yourself, like, what am I doing in a room with that guy? What am I doing in a shir with that guy? What am I doing in a base measures with that guy? But Adarabba, he's suffering, he's my chaver, he's my brother. And it doesn't matter how acher he's behaving, what can I do to help him? And not Batara's advice, not Batara's telling a person what to do, but to put your, put your arm around another brother and say, I see you. Not the way you're behaving, I see you. You know what a gift that would be to give another person? How much we're all craving to have someone do that for ourselves? How painful it is when someone doesn't see us that way? And Kavachaymer ben Benayshel Kavachaymer for ourselves. To be able to see all of the Tachtaynim in our lives, all of the places where we're not so proud, and to be able to say, that's not me. It's not who I am. To see yourself with, a, with an ayin taiva in an expansive way to be able to connect to the true essence of who you are. Of course in yeshiva, there's a lot of different viewpoints. And that's what makes our yeshiva especially a beautiful place. That our Rosh Hashiva Shlita did not make a yeshiva with one hashkafa. In Mavaserat, we didn't choose to be uniform, we chose to be complex. The world, the world, they taina on us. You come out of Mavaserat, you're confused. Because you could hear a shir from this Rebbe and that Rebbe, and they could say two totally different things. And Baruch Hashem for 30 plus years in our yeshiva, and this is the chinuch that I received when I was in Mivasaret, in our yeshiva we say fakert. We say you're not confused, you're complex and you're nuanced and it's subtle. In our yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, we have so many different walks of life. But if I can, to make a plea, to have as part of your worldview, as part of the rainbow of Sfarim that you're learning here in yeshiva, not chas shalom on any level to abandon the black gemara, not chas to abandon all the other beautiful, amazing sarim that exist. But if I can, to implore you, to plea with you, please, take the opportunity this year to open Sifrei Chassidus. And not just one type of Chassidus, but many types of Chassidus. To open up the Svarim of the Eish Kaidish, To open up the Svarim of Rabbi Nachman. To open up the Svarim of the Alter Rebbe, of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and all of the Tzadikim, the Ishbitzer, and we could go on, on and on, and Rav Tzadik, and all of the amazing Svarim that exist. Because the gift of opening these Svarim, the light that exists within them, is that you stop seeing yourself in such a negative way. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, who needs to hear this, but in my head, in my head right now, I'm talking to one Bachar in particular. 
could be that a lot of people are listening right now. And it could be that it's reaching you guys in different ways. But I'm talking to one bacher in particular. A bacher who sees himself with such a negative eye. He sees himself as such a messed up person. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm a lo yutzluch in my life. I'm never going to make it. And he said this to me recently. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know, but he mamish broke me when he said it. And I'm, even now I'm crying. I can't, I can't say the words without feeling his pain. And he left my office after having said that, and I needed to take a deep breath for a, just a couple of minutes for a, for a bachar who sees himself in such a broken place and so far removed. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm ice mensch ever since he said it to me. I'm mamish ice mensch. I can't. He's in so much pain. And he needs our whole yeshiva, and nobody knows who it is. And he needs our whole yeshiva to gather together and to be around him. And none of you in the room know who, know, know who he is. So I'll give you an Eitzah. Treat every person in this yeshiva like he's that boy. Treat every person in this yeshiva like there's someone here who you don't know about who's just waiting for you to see them with the eyes of the Baal Shem Tov. And you're going to find that by opening up these Sifrei Chassidus. Because sometimes the Torah might be more intellectual and sometimes the Torah might be more spiritual and you might feel like it's not talking to you. But you have to learn to see the world that way because there's so much pain. And my bracha to all of us here in Yeshiva. As we're heading into the third quarter of Yeshiva, everybody knows the third quarter of Yeshiva is the biggest quarter. From Hanukkah to Purim. This is the whole, this is the whole year. All the Shanabek guys can tell you. Elul is Elul. Sukkot to Kislev. Everybody knows the year is Hanukkah to Purim. My bracha to all of us is that we feel shalshelas. We feel a part of that chain. We feel like no matter how akhir we've been, we're still a son. No matter how many chetayim we've done, we're still Yisrael. To see ourselves with the eyes of tzaddikim, the most beautiful light, the most beautiful, expansive way in the world.
Like I said before, it's, a, it's redundant and it's embarrassing for me to open my mouth. I already said too much just by saying that. It's embarrassing for me. The Gemara says, Kala Moisif Gareya. There comes a point when if you try to add, you take away. So I certainly won't say anything that's more or additional to what Berg said. It's very difficult to do that because he really encapsulated and captured in his inimitable fashion the very center point of what it was that the Baal Shem Tav HaKadosh came to the world to do. And at that center point, it can appear to be simple. But like Rav Cook said, the more Ikari something is, the more Sharashi it is, the more it sits at the center, so the simpler it is. The simpler it is. Sometimes you'd be shocked and surprised. That's such a complex in Chabad. You have sfarim and volumes and volumes sets that have 40, 50, 60 volumes. Blows the mind. Anybody went to the Yad Kislev sale here? So anybody who went to the Yad Kislev sale knows. It's just, it's unbelievable. What goes on there. And the truth is, is that all of these technical, very, very deep and difficult sfarim are really founded on some very basic core truths. And if you have those core truths, so then any way you approach it, it's oozing. The Baal Shem Tov, it's oozing. Avas Hashem. It's oozing Tfila, Muna, Yerushamayim, Tahara. The ethereal spirit of Judaism. The spirit of the law. Like we mentioned before, never to negate the law. You have to be so careful all the time. When we talk about chasidus, chas v'shalom, like Rav Berg stressed, does it come to negate any of the classical involvement with our tradition in terms of Allah and limanat Torah? But k'nesham al-aguf, it comes to bring all of that to life. And like we mentioned, if you have vessels and you have no water to put in the vessels, it's worthless. If you have water, but you have no vessels to put it in, gamkein, it's not going to help you. And the mashal that I said is, of course, ain't a daima because the truth is that if a person only has the vessels of Torah but doesn't have the soul of Torah, it is not worthless. And then Avishachayim spends many, many pages describing the importance and the effect that even the simplest, simplest, simplest act of Kedusha has in all of the spiritual worlds. 
And a person will get Gan Eden for every unconscious. And a person lacks consciousness, he'll get Gan Eden for every word of tefillah that he sped through, didn't think about Adarabi, was thinking about everything but tefillah. And a person who learns, eventually he'll get there. And in the next world, he'll get his schar for Lima Natayra. But the Baal Shem Tev, like we talk about in our Vad with our Chever all the time, the Baal Shem Tev came to the world not to teach us about Gan Eden and Olam Abba. But the Baal Shem Tev wanted to give us Olam Abba and Gan Eden in this world. Now all the Hasidic masters say the same exact thing. It really comes from the Magid and all the Tamidim say it. Schar mitzvah mitzvah is a Mishnah in Pirkei What's the literal translation? Schar mitzvah mitzvah, mitzvah gerah mitzvah. A person does one mitzvah, he'll get another mitzvah. But all the tzaddikim say, schar mitzvah mitzvah doesn't mean that you do one mitzvah and you get another, and you get another mitzvah to do. It means that the schar of a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. The Baal Shem Tov wanted us to come to such a place where we tasted Gan Eden paradise in the mitzvahs. That there was no place I'd rather be than tefillah. But there's nothing I'd rather do with my life than to devote it to Liman Torah. If that means Tarshav Ksavad, it means Tarshav Alped, Navi, whatever area of Torah. It's every person where he feels a draw. The Baal Shem Tov wanted that experience to be filled with the spirit of Gan Eden, with joy. That Chaz V'Shalom, our Yiddish Kai, should never get in the way of Ben Adam L'Chaveirai. Adarab, it should come to beautify our relationships. It shouldn't come to get in the way of Chinuch, Adarab. Parenting, as Berg mentioned before the Ish Kodesh, it's a chiv, it's an absolute chiv. To look, if you're not going to learn the whole Chavis HaTamidim, then just the Sicha in the beginning, where he talks to parents and educators, which hopefully will all be both parents and educators in our own way. To learn the way that he taught how to look at students, how to look at children. The way he knew what Chinuch meant. Chinuch doesn't mean going ahead and putting ourself onto somebody. It meant to be able to introduce the person, not to you and to what you think is right, but to introduce them to themselves. That the Baal Shem Tev came to sweeten every facet and area of life. You know, there are two lights in the world. There's a light of Me'ori Eish, Bayer Me'ori Eish, right? It's the Baruch we make by Avdallah. And that's one sort of illumination, which is the illumination that comes from fire, from Gvura, from Eish. But then there's also an, a, 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 an illumination that comes and that's called Ma'ori Ar, which is just light itself. It's not the illumination that's founded upon something that comes and emanates from something, but it's just the light itself, Ma'ori Ar. Both are lights, both are useful, both are pleasant, but there's a qualitative difference. Ma'ori Aish brings light to a room. But in the process of doing so, Ma'ori Eish consumes whatever it's burning. There's a process of illumination, but there's also a process of destruction in the process of that illumination. Ma'ori Ar is something completely different. Ma'ori Ar is connected all the time to the Menorah, like Rashi says, Ba'alois Chasaneris. Zusha has a song on this, and everybody knows the words. Chazal say that the Kohen Gadol, when he was lighting the menorah, he took this ner that was lighting, he held it up to the menorah just enough until this shall heves, till the menorah sort of borrowed the flame and then burned on its own. And there are two types of educators that you'll meet in your life. Certainly not in Mevaseret, there's only one type. 
But there are two kinds of, of, of educators that you've met in the past, that you'll probably encounter in the future. There are two kinds of parents in the world. There are two kinds of mashpiyim in the world. There are mashpiyim who are ma'oyri eish. They're on fire. And they can give that fire to others. But in the process of doing so, they take away something that was inherent. They take away the individuality. They take away, like Herberg was mentioning, the nuance. They take away the person's own perspective, the person's own talent. And they put everybody into a box and it's like an assembly line. And everybody comes out looking the same. It's a fire. It's an eish. It's ma'oyri eish. It consumes. The light of Hanukkah, Chavra, is the light of Ma'iri Ar. The Ma'iri Ar. It's the illumination of the Menorah. Achadeh shall evas This is what the Baal Shem Tov wanted to bring to the world, not the Ma'iri Ish, but to beautify the Chinuch relationship, to beautify the parent child relationship, to beautify the friend relationship. Also, Berg was mentioned, like I said, I'm not saying anything that Berg didn't already say. Better. But you see a person who's struggling. I had this conversation with one of the Chevra last week, two weeks ago. Not to go to them and give them Musr in the sense that I want to show you how, to, how, how it's done, you know? Set you straight. No. That's not the Baal Shem Tov's way. The Baal Shem Tov's way is to find some sort of humble, sincere, soft and sweet way of getting through to people just by being human first, like Revolva talks about in Ali Shur, the first thing is to be a person. It's the first thing. It's hard enough. And then in the Jewish sense of understanding and to put your arm around someone, like Rebbe said, and to somehow, it's a talent, but we all have it and we have to be mitlamed. We have to allow others to teach us and to bring it out of ourselves. How? To be ma'ari ar. How to build up a person by still maintaining their tsura, their unique nikuda, their specialness. Only in the svarim of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, at least la'aniyaz daiti, which is like, it's, it's a joke to even say that because I have no das. So it's just la'aniyusi. What I've seen, and the tiny little bit that I've seen, my tiny chilek of Torah, is that before the Baal Shem Tov, you don't find such a concept that in all the Hasidish svarim, you see this concept of yesh harbei bechinas tzadikim. There are many different kinds of tzadikim. The Kedusha Slavi, almost every parasha you'll see it. There's Noyach and there's Avram. There's this one, there's that one. Before the Baal Shem Tov, it's, there's one kind of tzaddik, and it's called a tzaddik. And it's called someone who knows Shas, knows Paiskim, is a Yar Shemaim, is a Haredi in the true sense of the word, is Charet Ladavar Hashem, and that's called a tzaddik. There's no individuality there, there's no room, there's just, this is what it is. The Baal Shem Tov came to the world and he taught us, Yeshar Bebechina Tzaddik. It's many different kinds of tzaddikim. The tzaddik takes it a step further and he says that there's a concept of tzaddik la'oso davar. It's a pelotika thing. He says that you could have a person who's mamish, like we call tzadopina. From every angle you look at him, it's not so strong. Not so strong in Shemir Salacha. His tefillah doesn't look like tefillah should look. His learning, if he learns, is not so strong. And he's shmuzing the old first seder. It's not so, not so chazak. But he has one special thing. He has one special thing. You know those guys we talk about sometimes in Arvad also? In yeshivas, there's, there's like that one guy who'll never get an award, who'll never get patted on the back, who'll never get a medal for it, but if there's a Shabbaton or if there's something to set up, he's the guy who's putting the tables together, making sure the food is there, the tablecloths, the stuff is set up, the hot plates. Every yeshiva has such guys. It could be that such a person is not the top guy in davening or learning. But yesh tzaddik la'oisoy davar. There's a certain person who he has a chilek within himself. He's a tzaddik la'oisoy davar. 
And that's the same nekud of ma'ore ours, just to bring out what we have inside. Just to say one word about Ya Kislev and then we'll sing a little bit and then I'm sandwiched between. It's like ridiculous for me to talk even. It's, should be a kapara. <laughs> like Herberg mentioned also, the Alter Rebbe was in prison for 43 days. I'm sorry, 53 days. There are 53 prakim in Tanya. And the Alter Rebbe very much viewed these 53 days of incarceration as a heavenly court case on whether or not what he did in revealing the Baal Shem Tov's Torah to the world. Through his farm, through his teachings, he had thousands of chassidim, thousands upon thousands of chassidim. And what he did was justified. And when he, beneath Simon Flois, managed to get out of there, he said, this is the stamp of approval. There's a machloikis regarding the way that we light Menorah. Beishamai Bishilo. Beishamai says, Poiches v'hoilech. Which means that the first night you start with eight, and then every night you go down, and it's less one, and less one, and less one, until the last night you have one left. I'm really glad we don't pass him like that. It's like a very, you know, pessimistic sort of like, you know, it's like, Zeus Hanukkah, you have like one little candle. We pass him like Beis Hillel. And Beis Hillel says, Moisif which means that the first night you start with one, and every single night you're adding one more. Ribnas in Breslover and Lukuti Alachas teaches us the depth of this, a very famous piece which I've written about in the past. Ribnas teaches that there are two kinds of tzaddikim, there are two bechinas tzaddikim. There's one tzaddik who's of the opinion and feels that the lower a person is and the greater the light is, the more of the light we have to hide so that these people never have access to it. The persona of Shammai, all of our Shas. Again, chas v'shalom, to degradate. And to, we have no hasaga, Shammai. We have no hasaga, what this means. Shammai is Rosh Hateva, shifti beveis Hashem, kol yimei chayai. Right, I'm sorry, your achash ultimate is Hashem. So always have achash, Rosh Hateva, Shammai. Shammai is, we have no hasaga. But Shammai was a captain. Shammai was strict. Shammai was rooted in Midas HaGvura, Midas HaDin. When the people came to him and said, Gareni Amanas, Gareni Al Regal Achas, he chased them away with an Amasa Binyan. All the different examples in Torah that show us that Shammai was a captain, he was Makbid, Yerakbadis. And so Shammai feels that as the nace gets progressively more miraculous, because again, on the first night, it's questionable if it even was a nace, the Vesiyas of Skasha. Second night, oh, it lasted another night. Whoa, that's a nace. The third night, the miracle's growing. The fourth night, the fifth night, the sixth night. The seventh night, the eighth night is the pinnacle of the nace. And so that means that higher levels of spirituality are being revealed. So Beishamai says, the more the light, the less we're showing. The less we're showing to the world. The more we have to hide it. The more we have to conceal it. The more we have to shut it away. So the first night will give you everything because it's not so high. The second night, the third night, the fourth night, as the light is growing, we have to show less and less and less <clears throat> to those who aren't rotwe, to those who aren't fitting. And Beis Hillel is punct vakert. Beis Hillel is the opposite. Beis Hillel holds Moisif v'hoilech, that Adarab of Adarab. The bigger the light, the more of it we're showing. Because if a Kaddish Baruch brought a light to the world, that means that we need it. It doesn't do things stam. 
If Hashem is revealing and disclosing and allowing for the deepest secrets of Torah to be revealed to the world, the more we have to utilize that as a tool to give life to people, to give clarity to people, to give hope to people, to allow them to see things from a deeper perspective that we're talking about, to beautify Yiddishkeit, to make it alive, chiz, with life and with sweetness and beauty and with energy and vitality and vibrancy. <coughs> Says Rav Nassim, this was the machlekes between Yosef and his brothers. You know what it means? This week's parasha. Vuhunar has been a bilav, has been a zilpa, been a That he acted childish, kindrish, with been a zilpa, been a bila, been a shivcha. You know what it means? It means that he went down to them to their level. Vuhunar, he made himself into a little nar, and he sat with them, and he brought himself to their level. He didn't try to schlep them up to his level. He brought himself down to them and he sat with them and he played with them. Like Rabbi Nachman used to sit with a maskilim and play chess with them. Like Rasimcha Bunim Pshis used to walk into all the bars and sit with Hebron to be with them on their level. So many stories. Yosef is the Shita of Hillel. Yosef is the Shita that the bigger the light, the more we're showing. Hebron, this is the Psak of Yakisli. This is the Psak. We paskin like Hillel. This is the Psak of Yakisli. The Alter Rebbe gets out of jail and that shows the Minashamayim. We hold like we hold like Hillel. Around this time, Hanukkah time, Moisif Ha'ilich. The greater the light, the greater the disclosure, the greater the levels and the deeper the levels, the more we have to make use of it for our generation. Dafka, at the deepest, deepest, deepest depth of a dark pit, you don't need a small little candle. You need the floodlight. You need the biggest light because a small candle ain't going to reach down to where you are. And so I just want to be mamshich or berg's bracha. And it's not even a blessing. It's like a chiv. Like, it's not, it's not, you have to. It's not a question. right? You have to. Have mercy on your neshamas. Make use of the light that the tzaddikim have revealed to the world. Make use of it. Or Cook wrote, and in our generation, from the Lesham already, the other tzaddikim, everything's open, everything's open, everything's translated, everything, no matter what kind of shir, if you want to be kiss, if you want to be, be Ian and Tanya, everything, go to Chabad.org, if you want the whole entire Tanya, interlinear translation, every word explained, there's no excuse, there is no excuse, at all, there's no excuse. I heard that there's a good book on the first lesson in, in Lukut Imran also, I don't know, you heard about it. There's no excuse, everything's translated, everything's accessible, so make use of it, give yourself some Light, some light, some light to dig down into the depth of our generation. It's such a bracha. It's such a chiv. And I bless us all. I bless you and me that we should be zoch. Through tapping into the Valshemtiv's are to beautify our Yiddishkeit, to bring it to life, to beautify our relationships, to bring those to life, to bring people to life with Ma'ori or never Ma'ori Eish, to tap into the Kudasat Sadiq that each and every one of us has, to find what we're good in, to find what Akadis Baruch Hu decided that the world couldn't exist, so he had to give us, he had to bring us into the world, right? What is it? What is my path? What is my Derech Yechidi? What is my Shvil Manat Sad? What is my path? I bless us all to search for it, to find it, to believe in it, and to bring it out through the light of Hanukkah, Mir Tzashem. Let's sing one more Nigan and then we'll, we'll hear some more Tyrum and we'll finish for tonight. He did it, I know, 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 I know
occasionally as a Rebbe in yeshiva he gets some pretty interesting questions and uh, a little while ago this year I had a Talmud that asked me Rebbe I want to I want to know can you explain to me what is Hasidus? And before I answered him, as we often do as Rebbeim, we often go with our intuition, kind of a knee-jerk response to similar questions we hear all the time. And I said to the Talmud, can I be honest with you? He says, hope so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll never forget. I'll never forget the Friday night when uh, there was an in Shabbos in Yeshiva in uh, Yeshiva's base Medrash Talmud Lander College and uh, we had a very very special slus. didn't happen very often but uh, my Rebbe, Rav Berg's Rebbe of Yehuda Parnashlita came for a Shabbos and Tishing wasn't so much his thing. So, there might have been a little singing, I don't remember. I guess it wasn't too memorable. But, everyone loved to pick the brain of my Rebbe. What a brain. What experience. What insight. I, 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 I feel bad for all of, for all of our Talmidim that, that such insight there's, there's nothing like it it's, it's one of a kind and uh, so the Talmidim were very very excited just to pick my Rebbe's brain and ask him any question Q&A that you could ask and um, everyone knew or maybe not everyone knew but some knew that Rav Parnas did not come from a yeshivasha family. The Rav Parnas did not exactly come from uh, a place of Torah. And so someone asked him, Rebbe, what, what did it? What made you decide that you were going to invest, that you were going to go into chinuch, that you were going to go into learning? Because whatever that was, what a massive impact. I mean, think about literally the thousands of Talmidim that came from him, that came from his children. I think every single one of his children are in Chinuch, are married to someone in Chinuch. The women are in Chinuch. It's a crazy thing. Someone asked him, what started it all? So I might botch up the story a little bit, but it's been a long time. But he gave over the following idea. He was very conflicted after college as to what he wanted to go into 
And with such an unbelievable mind, analytical mind, he had a natural tendency towards mathematics. And he was studying a mass for a master's in mathematics. And there was a particular challenge and project that he had to work on. And he said he spent many days and many sleepless, sleepless nights working on trying to crack this math mathematical formula. And he said that after working on it for days and days and days, scratching his head, expanding his mind, trying to figure it out, he said, finally, the light bulb went off. The moment struck me. I hopped. I got it. And suddenly I saw the whole beautiful picture of the entire mathematical formula and how everything that seemed to be fragmented suddenly fit together into one piece. He said, you, you know what then happened? I asked myself, so what? <clears throat> so what? And it was then that I realized <clears throat> that I wanted to do something of meaning, that I wanted to break my head intellectually, not over a mathematic problem, but I wanted to break over my head over Torah Hashem. I wanted to use that mind to try to figure out Pshat and the Gemara, Pshat and Rashi, Pshat and Taisvis. And I realized that that's what I wanted to dedicate myself to. And I'll never forget the reaction I had. But it's not the reaction that you would think. Of course, at first, everyone was, wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. What is there in mathematics? And then he recognized that I can get so much more meaning and depth out of Torah Hashem. But for me, that answer was such a sharp dagger to the heart because it was at that moment that I realized that Toysfus was a mathematical equation to me. That Torah was information that I was using my mind to try to unlock. I did not feel Torah Hashem. And it was at that moment that he had that chap that I came to the realization that I do not have that chap. To me, the Torah is mathematics. But then I realized something else. To a certain extent, that's all of us. That's the generation we're in. How do you tap in? Because, let's be honest, a lot of times we don't feel a difference. We don't feel it. And it got me thinking. I mean, what's the problem here? Chas v'shalom, it's not the problem with the Torah. The Torah is holy. He's right. My Rebbe's right. But why don't I feel it? Why don't I connect? You know, <coughs> it would be unbelievable today we have tremendous tzaddikim in our generation. 
with tremendous Ruach HaKodesh. But I cannot imagine what it would feel like to meet an actual Navi. Navi'im we don't have. Great Tzadikim, great foresight, great Ruach HaKodesh, not Navi'im. We know, the Chazal tell us, that the reason we don't have Navi'im <coughs> is because we abolish the Koyach of Avodah Zarah. We have no idea what the power of Avodah Zarah was. We have no idea today to think about someone committing Avodah Zarah. It's like, why would you do that? We have no idea what the taiva for Avodah Zarah was. But as a result of getting rid of the taiva and the desire for Avodah Zarah, we lost something. Measure for measure. We lost something. There was a comparable power on the other side called Navua. You can tap into the holy spiritual experience of Navua. Or you can tap into the Tumah of Avodah Zarah. You take away the Tumah of Avodah Zarah, you lose the Kedusha of Nevoah. What happened in the times of the Balatanya? What happened? What was going on? It seems today like Hasidus is like so pushant, so necessary. In fact, I don't even realize, as I said, I don't even really know what Hasidus is. It is so permeated, everything. Everywhere, almost everywhere. They're like, how did that happen? <clears throat> so Rabbi Nachman writes in Sikh Saran that he wanted to give a warning, a big warning to his Hasidim that there was a tremendous amount of kfira that was coming around the corner in the upcoming generations. <clears throat> I want you to know that if you were to go back 200 years ago, there was no such thing in truth. There was no such concept of an atheist in the classic sense. Everyone understood that there's a creator. Everyone understood that there's something here. That a world without purpose, a world without meaning. And Rabbi Nachman said, I don't know what to tell you, but I'll tell you this, at least I'll give you a heads up. It's coming down the pipeline. At least you should be able to say, somebody warned you. Somebody knew about this. I don't think the Baal Shem Tov and his followers would have gotten in too much trouble had all they tried to do was turn around the average Joe. The problem with what the Baal Shem Tov was trying to do was not just to turn around the average Joe. He also went after the yeshivas. And he also went after the yeshiva Bahra. Because at the end of the day, Torah is the highest of the high. But the Rabbani Shalom wants Avodah Hashem. Avodah Hashem is not just Limit Torah. Avodah Hashem is everything. Avodah Hashem is in every aspect of life. And this is not a Chiddush. It's in the Rambam and Yilchus Deus. He talks about this. It's in everything. There is Avodah Hashem in changing your baby's diaper. It's a crazy thing. And it's not just, oh, so I can do it in order to. No. 
the Baal Shem Tov wanted, he would take his own Talmidei Chachamim and he would bring them to watch simple people serve Hashem. And he would say, look, this is how I want you to be. Not Chas Hashem saying he wanted them to be Talmidei Chachamim. But to serve Hashem with honesty, to serve Hashem with simplicity, sincerity. To be able to serve Hashem even by going to work. All these things that we just take for granted. I think the Rabbana Shalom knew. I know the Rabbana Shalom knew. That if he were to allow things to remain the way that it was back then, without opening up the depth and the inner meaning behind things, <clears throat> even if that meant needing to open up some Kabbalah that was relatively hidden, to show people the meaning of what it means, you're not just lighting the neighbors of Hanukkah to be Mekayim Amitzvah, that there's something going on here in the spiritual worlds, and I want to show you what that is. Not to just do tefillah because azoy state, because that's what it says to do. Yes, that is the core as to why we do everything. But to understand tefillah, <coughs> to be able to walk into the base medrash and before maybe to go to mikvah so you can learn, not just learn, but learn out kedusha v'tara. To be able to find the inner meaning in anything. In everything, that was the response. Just like the Rabbani Shalom had to take away Navua because he took away Avodah Zarah because of this tremendous danger that was coming into the world that was going to suck the life out of Judaism. At that exact point, the Rabbani Shalom needed to inject meaning, needed to inject panemius, needed to show that every aspect of your life, as was said before, not chas v'shalom to reduce the importance and the meaning of Talmud Torah, but to elevate everything into one constant avodah Hashem. And that was necessary in the world in order to bring out the beauty in everything in Yiddishkeit. And so I embarked on a mission in my life in stages to try to find more meaning to try to so that when I learned Torah <clears throat> that even though Torah is tremendously powerful that I should be able as Rafline said to be a Kli to be able to receive it to be able to accept it to be able to be Makabalit to be able to Take it in. I think this is what the Baal Shem Tov wanted to give over. I also think this is why the Baal Shem Tov didn't write any svarim. There were no fidushim. There were no fidushim. The Baal Shem Tov very often said, I don't know why everyone's protesting me. I'm not creating anything new. I'm bringing back something very old. This was the avoid of Dovra Melech. You look at David Amel, such a personality. The last Hanukkah we say is he had instruments that he used to play with in order to serve Hashem. What does that mean? He took everything that he possibly can get his hands on to serve Hashem. And of course he was very committed to Talmud Torah. 
but he tapped into everything. Sometimes people ask me, what Hasidus are you, Rabbi? And I answer, all of them. I'm all of them. I'm tapping into everything. That's what, that's what you need to do. Hasidus isn't a thing. It's called Avodah Hashem. And Avodah Hashem requires of us, the Baal Shem Tov, all he did was bring this out. All he did was bring back something that was very old. And Kilu was a Chiddush, but it wasn't a Chiddush. It was like the Nevuah that, oh, Nevuah is new? No. Nevuah was very old. It came back. The Avodah Hashem that had been hidden for so many generations. The Avodah mm-hmm. Hashem that were only by the Bali Shem, only by a few, finally came out to the masses. And today, Ufaratzta, <coughs> Mamish, it literally spread everywhere to the point where Talmud asked me, Rabbi, he asked me what Hasidus is. And I said, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's all, this is all Hasidus. Everything, every sheep. I want to tell you something. I want to say something really crazy now. Ready for this? If you're a Misnaga, don't listen. <laughs> Misnaga left a long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't just the Alter Rebbe that revealed the aura of Hasidus. You want to know who also revealed the aura of Hasidus? Rav Chaim Salavechik. What? <coughs> Rav Chaim Salavechik. You know why? Rav Chaim, on the, Rav Chaim, brisk. Right now, if they're listening to this, they're not. They don't know if, they're not, if they're listening to this right now, they're, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? No, no, we have nothing to do with that. No, no, you do. Because if what I'm saying is true, that Hasidus is just simply opening up something that was really there all along, but something you couldn't tap into, revealing the paninis. Tefillah was always tefillah, but now you could tap in and feel tefillah. The taisus was always taisus. Yeah, but now I can feel the Taisvis. But who helped you feel the Taisvis? Who helped you connect to the Gemara? Rav Chaim. Lundis. Before Rav Chaim, Lundis wasn't a thing. What? Why not? Rav Chaim revealed Lundis to us so that we should be able to appreciate and connect so we can get a Yishmak out of a Rambam. So we can have clarity on our level. That's Hasidus in Talmud Torah. <coughs> it's not just going to the mikvah. It's not just tefillah. Torah itself was opened up. Not the inner meanings and the Kabbalistic meanings of the Gemara and the daft that the Gemara is on corresponds to the Yolamas. Not, not that. Just Pashib Shat learning Gemara was opened up. The Rabboni Shalom literally opened up all of the Oris for us that we should be able to tap into it. Because he knew we would need it. Bikvist the Meshicha. He knew the challenges that we would be facing. Can you imagine all the challenges that we're facing? The world that waits for us with open arms. Can you imagine a Jew telling a Jew 500 years ago, one day there'll be a lot of assimilation? I bet you his answer would not be, oh, they, there'll be a lot of assimilation. You know what his answer would be? How? They hate us. How? They hate us. Well, how could you assimilate? I don't understand. They don't want you. They want us. Open arms. Come to our clubs. Come to our parties. Come to our everything. It's Gishmat. They're attacking us on all fronts. So it's just simply not fair. If they're attacking us on all fronts, then how could it be 
that the Mayanus HaTorah, that all the depths and the sweetness of Torah should be hidden. It's time to open it all up. And because of that, all Hasidus was, wasn't a thing. All Hasidus was, was just the reality of the times and the ability to open up something that really was always there. And now, Baruch Hashem, in a yeshiva like this, in yeshivas all around Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, in yeshivas and Torah, that we now have the ability, and I think also the same thing with Eretz Yisrael, I really do. Halavai, it should be from our, from our schusim, from our merits that we resolve in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not sure. It might have just simply been because the Rabboni Shalom said, what are the Jewish people going to do without Eretz Yisrael? What's going to be with, with, they don't have a chance, they don't have a fighting chance. Without yeshivas, without, with not a fighting chance. He had no choice. And so therefore, we have to take the opportunity and recognize the challenges out there. And we have to be able, not just to do the actions of Torah, but to tap in to the depths of Torah. And the depths, again, aren't just a specific safer in Hasidus. It's going deep in everything. Trying to find meaning in everything. Trying to connect to everything. We should be zoicha to be able to connect to the Rabboni Shalom on the deepest level because when there are the greatest challenges, there's also the greatest opportunities. I'm not going to be 
I'm a fucking boy. 